last year, I attended a birthday dinner with a few close acquaintances and a mutual friend. And the jokes were rolling, the wine was flowing, and all was right with the world. Until toward the end of the dinner, when we began to ask that typical question, oh, why don't we do this more often? Why don't we get together more regularly, right? Like it's such a mystery. And one of the women told us her reason for why she couldn't get together. She told us it's because she felt bad leaving her children with her husband, their father. I was stunned and angered and launched into a feminist tirade about, well, why do you feel bad? Does he ever feel guilty when he goes to golf and leaves you with the kids? Yet, yeah, da, 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 da. I came into her pretty intensely and I came down pretty harshly. And a few hours after the dinner, I had to text her to apologize for the intensity of my passionate argument. And even though I was genuinely sorry for probably coming across very judgmental, my reasoning was still the same. I felt triggered by hearing that this woman couldn't enjoy spending time with her friends because she felt burdened and obligated to simultaneously be at home managing her household and caring for her children, even though she had an able-bodied, fully competent man at home. And this happens more often than you think. Enter Laura Danger. I've been following Laura Danger on all social media accounts for quite some time now because she's teaching me a lot about how to have more fair and equitable partnerships and shared domestic labor. Laura offers personal coaching and workshops nationally to help people figure out how they can balance and how they can fairly manage the tasks that inevitably pile up in a home. So today I've invited her to the Friend Forward podcast to help us make the connection between the ways in which inequities and in domestic labor have a direct impact on the way that women can show up in their friendships. So stay tuned because I have a feeling that this is gonna light you up the same way it did for me. Here we go. This is Friend Forward, the podcast. And if you're having girl problems, I got you. I'm your host, Danielle Byer-Jackson, a friendship coach, speaker, and author. And when it comes to the joys, complexities, and misconceptions surrounding female friendship, I am here to help you through it. I'm so excited to have you here because when I started following you on TikTok, I was like, oh my God, I'm learning so much. And I started showing the videos to my husband and I'm constantly updating him on the newest video. And so to have a chance to talk to you about um, your platform um, is something that's really exciting for me. So thank you so much for taking time to be a guest on the Friend Forward podcast. I'm thrilled to be here. I feel similarly about you. I found you on TikTok and I send your videos to all of my friends and I share it on my social media and everyone is always reacting to it. So relatable and helpful. Yes. Well, look at TikTok, bringing our worlds together, you know, give it props to TikTok. So why don't you start by telling us who you are and what you do? I talk about domestic labor and the ways that it carries through all different aspects of our life, the way that we value it in our partnerships and how we can use how we think of domestic labor to really send waves of change everywhere. So yeah, domestic labor is my thing, I'd say. But I think what you do is it's just so important. And recently I kind of had the revelation of, wait a second, this is directly connected to, to what I do. And so I thought of you today to have this conversation because so many of the women that I work with are high achieving women. It's not the socially awkward butterfly in the corner. 
It's high achieving women who do all the things, their mom, their wife, they are managing the household stuff. They've got a business to run. They do a lot of things. And one of the number one things they cite as a reason they cannot form and maintain friendships is time. And then when we go to, okay, well, what's got your hands tied? Why, why the limited time? A lot of things they tend to list are the household duties that overburden them so much. They don't have time for friendships because they, they are, their obligations are so extensive in the home. Can you talk to me a little bit about the inequities of domestic labor and and why this is such a critical conversation? Yeah. So it doesn't matter how much you earn or don't earn. Women in general globally are doing more domestic labor than their male counterparts. So you can be a CEO and you might come home and you're still, even if you're outsourcing, you're managing the outsourcing, you're doing the research, you are coordinating the school pickups, things like that. And those that mental labor, even if you're not even doing the physical labor of these things, is taking away from your mental capacity, your, you know, you talk about it all the time, like having the energy to call your girlfriend and maintain those relationships. A lot of times we're so burnt out, we just can't even imagine picking up the phone. Like I'm trying to squeeze in 15 minutes of silence in my day. How can I even think of reaching out to my friend who I miss dearly and who really does fill my cup? So these issues of inequity, they do cross, you know, it doesn't matter if you're in a queer relationship or a cisgendered heterosexual relationship, they really touch us pretty broadly, but a lot of times they're, they're impacting how we move through the world. In my partnership, I had a full-time career outside of the home. I would now work from home mostly, but my husband had a full-time career and still we fell into these roles where I something inside of me had me taking on additional labor, despite us fully, you know, at the surface being like, you know, we want an equitable and equal partnership. We just sort of fell into this groove. And a lot of it comes from outside messaging. And, you know, what I do on TikTok is I see the trending videos, the jokes, the things that we have just normalized. And I try to push back on them. So as you mentioned just a couple minutes ago, this idea that it's harder for women to get out the door. And a lot of times there's this joke. So if you're listening, you might've seen this, but it's like the mom doing 30 things to try to get out the door while dad just walks right out. Or even the kids like clamoring for her attention, pulling on her pant leg. And he's just like, see you later. So it's a really common dynamic. And we laugh at this dynamic because it feels very normal without thinking critically about what it's actually costing us. What are some things about, you know, you're in this world that would surprise people to know? I think the latest statistics is that in in cishet partnerships, women are doing two to three times the amount of domestic labor on average. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. Now, what do you say? Because I know this is a common one and I know I fell into this mental trap too, uh, to those who are like, well, women are just better. Like they're better nurturers. Like they're just better at it. So that's why they probably take on more because they're just more naturally gifted in that way. Um, I'm actually reading this amazing book right now called Mother Brain. It's about the neuroscience of parenthood. And I think if we take a critical look at the types of research or the types of books and relationship books that we've 
been influenced by as a culture, we'll see that there's not a lot of science behind that. Of course, a lot of little girls are gifted baby dolls while their male counterparts are not, and maybe not as encouraged to take full power at home. If you look around, I mean, my husband is incredibly nurturing. He had more experience being an older brother and having young siblings than I had. I had never changed a diaper when we had a baby. So nothing makes a woman more capable of reading a baby book, doing research, participating in parenting groups, taking classes. We all become first-time parents at the same time. So we have an equal opportunity to step into our work. I will say not a lot of us, at least from the people I talk to, have had a model for these conversations and how to actually openly talk about why does the trash need to go out when it goes out? Why am I taking it out before we go out the door for vacation? Why am I packing a baby bag before we go in the car? Why do I put snacks, a change of clothing, things like that in? Well, because my girlfriend who has a five and six-year-old told me about the blowout her kid had this one time. You know, some of us are privy to these conversations while others are not. So acknowledging the inequity can help us address it and really level the playing field and empower both of us at home. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I interviewed Dr. Joyce Benenson for the book that I'm writing. And um, she's like an OG in the world of like female conflict and cooperation and reconciliation and all these things. And I was talking to her and I asked her, you know, she has a lot of research that reveals that women's friendships are more, quote, fragile than men's. Not that they're less deep or anything like that, but that they will break under the weight of a perceived violation compared to men in their friendships. And when I asked her, well, why do you think they're more fragile? She gave me a list of reasons, but one of them she said is because, because we're charged with so many more responsibilities in the home and because so much depends on us, we don't have the bandwidth to have these elective relationships and to have them be a problem because we need to be whole and present and capable to carry all the other things we have going on in life. So we have a lower tolerance for violations in these elective friendships. And that was just so interesting to me. And that's, I think, when I started to make connections between my work and your work. And I was like, man, if it's so pervasive, like this overwhelm and this weight, that it is literally impacting how we can show up in friendships, which research tells us is so important to our quality of life, then something is off here. Yeah, there are some interesting studies, a lot of what you talk about with like the quality of life and friendships. Um, And then if you look at the quality of life and even clutter, like Mm -hmm. women compared to men see clutter differently and in a home it impacts them differently. So there's a study of husbands and wives living in a home together and perceived clutter raises stress in women more than men. And of course, one of the thoughts or the theories behind that is that women feel more responsible for solving the problem of clutter or having to sort it out or pick up after it. And so when it, when things are out of sorts, they're feeling more stress. They have less mental capacity. They cannot relax. So of course, if you're feeling overwhelmed by your environment or you're, you know, it's hard for people to work from home because they see all these things that need to be done. Mm. So when you have a perceived plate that is overflowing, how are you going to make room, like you said, for anything else to navigate outside of that or make room for interpersonal relationships? There is a cost 
to not sharing the mental load at home. And, you know, I th- sometimes that term like happy wife, happy life can be a little bit problematic if you look at it. But there's also research to say that if you have a spouse who is feeling happier or more relaxed, you are also more happy and relaxed. So maybe there's something to be said about really advocating for equity at home. And of course, like people who have more egalitarian distribution of labor also have higher relational satisfaction, lower risk of divorce, stronger relationships with their kids. But as we're talking about it, also room for friendships and overwhelming, you know, increased quality of life in that aspect. That is so interesting and so validating too. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so true of why you flip out in a rage when there's clothes on the stairs and you're like, are you going to keep stepping over the clothes on the stairs? <laughs> God, that's so interesting. And, and so it makes me start to think about, you know, another reason that I often hear women say about like, ah, I don't have time for friendships. I know I need them and I miss my girls, but how do I get my time back? You know, I often hear women who maybe do have the time available, but for this next group, it's the guilt over allowing themselves mm-hmm. to even enjoy the time. So there's the group of women who are like, I, I don't have the mental energy to to maintain friendships because of all that I have to do at home. Like the ball and chain, this domestic labor at home ties me down. Then there are the women who maybe do have the time available, but when they do go and engage with friends, feeling guilt over it because they should be tending to the growing list of things at home. So not even being able to to receive the abundance of love and joy and entertainment with your friends when you're out because you have been like subconsciously charged with all these things at home that you should be doing that are your job. And if you're not there, is your partner doing it right? You know, should you be the one who's doing it? You're the default. How dare you go and enjoy yourself? So even when they do find this time to enjoy the company of their friends, they cannot enjoy the company of their friends. Talk to me a little bit about what you've heard or seen or your observations on kind of carrying that weight of should, and this should be my role as the default parent. I think that one thing that leads to that thinking is not having clear expectations. I know, you know, in my partnership, we fell into these roles where I was sort of gatekeeping a lot of knowledge about how certain things went. And my husband was incredibly supportive, but that word right there is disempowering. He was supportive of me instead of me trusting him to do an excellent job with the kids. So it was sort of twofold. We had to come up with a baseline. And so I talk about the fair play method very frequently. It's a a book by Eve Rodsky. It's a system for communicating about this. But, you know, you set a minimum standard of care there. And collaboratively, I don't tell him what to do. He doesn't tell me what to do. We decide. And with the proper amount of knowledge and time and trust, both of you can kind of step out and know, like, if anything happened to me or if I need to go on a trip or do whatever, we have a set expectation of how things will be done. And we can trust that it's going to be done with care and in good faith. And you kind of have to practice your own boundary setting and Give yourself time to trust that it will be done well. There's a lot of social pressure telling us what our roles are and what we should be prioritizing, but we get to set what matters to us. And uh, I'm sure you know very, very well, nurturing these relationships is really, really essential. Yeah. And, you know, I'm thinking here about um, in this moment about 
women on both sides. So, you know, naturally I'm thinking first top of mind is the mom who feels so tied down by all the things she has to do at home. And even if she's not a mom, just things, the the chores of the household falling to her, even if she's a, a childless family, the household stuff falling to her. So I'm thinking of her, but I'm also thinking about the woman who is not partnered and maybe doesn't have kids, but she has friends who are in these positions and how it impacts her relationship with those friends. So if her friend is chained to these quote unquote demands and expectations, she is less available. She is less engaged. She has less time. And what's interesting is I often see the the fallout of that play on social media when women are uploading different videos talking about, oh, my friend got married and now she doesn't have time. Now she and now just my thinking is starting to also entertain, well, one of the possibilities might be because she has subscribed to, maybe like not consciously, has now subscribed to a lifestyle in which she has taken on the burden of managing so much that she expects as her job that she now does have less discretionary time to go and engage with her friendships in the way that she did before. So I'm thinking about both people affected by this system that you're working to, you know, tear down and confront because it affects all of us. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's complex. And what I really appreciate is that it's more of an open conversation now. So instead of harboring that resentment toward one another, we can really contextualize this as a broader social issue about our priorities. And, you know, instead of saying like, I can't go because my husband's not going to follow the nap schedule and it's just too much work to get out the door, we can work together and be like, okay, well, Maybe it's going to be challenging this time, but how can we set you up for success? Like, how can I support you? Or if you're the person having a hard time letting go and getting yourself out the door, thinking about it, like, how can I empower myself to get out the door? How can I empower my partner to really step into their power at home? And if we look at it, we have the chance to change it. If you really resonated with this interview, I want you to look in the show notes to find ways that you can keep up with Laura Danger on socials and see all that she has going on. And you can find the full extended interview in our private group chat. This is our member only space where we go a little bit deeper in our conversations about friendship and where I share exclusive resources. That's at betterfemalefriendships.com slash group chat. I hope that you decide to become a member today. As your new official friendship coach, here's your homework. Listen closely. It's a two-part question this week. First, I want you to think about where and how you've downloaded messages that a lot of the domestic labor should fall to you. Whether it's cooking, cleaning, or caring for the kids, where have you learned the message that you should be the default person to manage those things? And how has that message been continually reinforced either in your home or in your mind on social media? How has that been reinforced? Perhaps it's even with people in your social network who tell you that that's the way things ought to be. And the second question is to think about the ways in which subscribing to these ideals has negatively impacted your friendships. How has it impacted the way that you can show up or the physical, mental, and emotional reserves that you have to even engage with these kinds of platonic relationships? If this is something that especially resonates with you, we'd love to keep the conversation going on Instagram at friendforward, or you can visit us anytime at betterfemalefriendships.com. Until then, you know that I'll be right here rooting for you always on your ongoing journey toward better female friendships. Until next time.